It's Thursday, August 10th, 2023, and this is the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Rapid response on the breaking news stories Texas progressives need to know. I'm Chris Mosier. Political trouble on Texas's major university campuses continues, but not at A&M this time. The Austin Chronicle's Brant Bingaman writes that a right-wing scholar employed by the Red McCombs Business School at the University of Texas at Austin once used a pen name to write for white supremacist publications. Richard Hanania, a visiting scholar at UT's right-wing donor-funded Salem Center since March of last year, reportedly wrote articles under a pseudonym in the 2010s which championed eugenics and ideas including one that black people aren't incapable of governing themselves. But Hanania didn't bother to hide behind a pen name just this last May when he tweeted in his own name that, quote, we need more policing, incarceration, and surveillance of black people. Blacks won't appreciate it. Whites don't have the stomach for it, unquote. And that feminists and trans people are, quote, wrong about everything and bad for society, unquote. It's worth noting that Hanania's writing has drawn the online praise of none other than Elon Musk, whose recently ex-rebranded Twitter has been a major platform of choice for this particular writer whose work Musk has called interesting. Hanania's staff page on the McCombs School of Business's website has been disabled since this Chronicle report to which the school have, as of this recording, declined to submit any comment. We'll watch for any developments on that. The Salem Center at UT, by the way, just for clarity, is partially funded by conservative fat cats, including Dallas billionaire Harlan Crow, who, as you may know, has been implicated in providing luxury vacations to U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. All worth following. Yilun Ching at the Houston Chronicle says the Houston City Council has approved the framework for H-Town to host the 2028 Republican National Convention. Despite members voicing concerns over Republican policy priorities, that concern notwithstanding, the vote to bring the circus to town was a nearly unanimous 13 to 1. The lone dissenter president, Robert Gallegos, said prior to the vote, quote, we are not a sanctuary city for the divisive ideology of the RNC, nor for a gathering of those who wish to spread it. And I will not sell Houston's and our nation's personal rights and freedoms for the convention dollars, unquote. Councilmember Abby Kamen was absent due to an illness, but by her comments, she'd likely have voted against as well. Kamen has based her opposition on the large numbers of her constituents who, quote, are being impacted by the explicit bigotry that's been embraced by a small but loud faction of the Republican Party. There's no escape from this heat. New records are likely again across the state today with DFW, San Antonio, and Austin all expecting 107 degrees this afternoon with no relief in sight for at least the next couple of weeks. Reuters reports that demand for power in Texas hit a record high again yesterday for the second time this week and the ninth time this summer as homes and businesses across the Lone Star State cranked up the AC. ERCOT says it has enough resources available to meet ongoing historic high demand from its more than 26 million customers across Texas, while energy analysts have highlighted that wind and solar power have been crucial to ERCOT's ability to meet those record demands so far this summer, all in spite of the most recent legislature's total failure to support the continued development of renewable energy in Texas. The time is now to remind our elected officials that they must act and act quickly. Also on the heat wave, Texas Democratic lawmakers are rising to the aid of U.S. Postal Service letter carriers. The Dallas Morning News' Joseph Morton reports that three of our representatives in D.C., Greg Kassar of Austin, Joaquin Castro of San Antonio, and Henry Cuellar of Laredo, and to be fair, Republican Rep. Tony Gonzalez of San Antonio as well, 
have written to USPS to express concern that they're falling short when it comes to providing sufficient water and water breaks to its outdoor workers, who are clearly up against a wall with this historic heat wave in Texas. All of this was spurred forward in part by the recent death of Eugene Gates Jr., a 35-year veteran Dallas letter carrier who collapsed on the job and died last June. His widow Carla Gates believes the heat contributed to his otherwise unexpected passing, which OSHA is investigating. Representative Jasmine Crockett of Dallas has also joined lawmakers in raising questions about USPS's care for its workers amidst the heat wave. Sticking with the heat for one more, Texas's statewide wildfire danger metric has hit its second most dire level. KVU-TV in Austin's Jordan Derensburg writes that the state is currently under a level four preparedness plan when it comes to wildfires that scale a product of the Texas A&M Forest Service. Level four indicates a high volume of wildfires, including large fires and fires that are difficult to control, being reported daily statewide. That's our current sitch. The only danger level higher is level five, which happens when conditions support large and complicated wildfire incidents statewide with heavy resource commitment to local fires as well as statewide. One need only observe currently burning wildfires on the island of Maui, Hawaii, to imagine the possibilities for Texas. Red flag warnings due to high temperatures, dry conditions, low humidity, and high winds are in effect across the state today. Silver lining for now, though, as the Texas Tribune reports that while at least 8,500 acres have burned in Texas this month alone, we're actually well behind recent trends for mid-August. Wouldn't it be nice to keep it that way? And finally this morning, transitioning from wildfires to dumpster fires, Texas Monthly's Mimi Swartz asks the question on every Texas progressive's mind, is there any chance Ken Paxton will be convicted? Swartz says Paxton needs only 11 non-yes votes in the state Senate to win acquittal, and considering that powerful campaign donors and operatives are applying pressure to the 19 Republican members to make at least those 11 votes to exonerate our thrice-indicted, currently suspended, and soon-to-be-impeached Attorney General happen, sources from within the Texas Republican machine, while certainly not without bias, put the chances of Paxton surviving impeachment at about 99.9%. So they're saying there's a chance. And that's the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Today's Texas political news for today's Texas Progressive. Links to all these stories can be found in our show notes. Progress Texas is a nonprofit media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. While campaigns come and go, we're the permanent home for rapid response media and messaging in our state. Learn more about Progress Texas, including how you can support our ongoing work at progresstexas.org. I'm Chris Mosier. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow.